welcome to Watch and Talk Season 1, Episode 12. Um, wait, <laughs> I had a joke I wanted to say at the beginning. I screwed it up. <laughs> Do over. Do over. Previously on Watch and Talk. I would have pegged you as a, as a hello naysayer. No, I'm a hello hey sayer. It's my weekend, suckers. I mean, that's a whole other issue, but what are you doing that you cannot eat a cookie um, if he had a goatee would it have been appropriate no nothing the goatees are not appropriate with a goatee, yeah like he's playing the flute and he'll put like his foot up in the air like but welcome to season one episode 12 of watch and talk america's third to fifth favorite west wing podcast is it the third is that true it could be true could be it's definitely not the first most popular or the second most popular what's yeah so we could be the third could be the third. There's a lot of them. Let's aim high. Let's say third most popular podcast. Maybe the third most About, popular. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, All right. This week we watched an episode called He Shall From Time to Time. And the previously on for this week is a Mandy. And she is a repeat from the very first previously on, but hasn't been since. They start this episode in the briefing room and the president is practicing the State of the Union address and there's a lot of good Dallas pronunciation right off the bat. He says it like 20 times in a row. For the first time in three decades, the budget is balanced from a deficit of $290 million. I thought we were accidentally re-watching an old episode because of how he said Dallas. That's just the way he pronounces it. I know. It's so great. The reason he does that is there's a lot of typos in the speech. From a deficit of $290 billion, just ten, you know, it says million on the teleprompter, by the way. And there's like a pound sign in, in the middle of a word. <laughs> pound sign. Yeah. That's what they uh, used to call the hashtag. <laughs> he makes such a good joke about... And I see we're spelling hollowed with a pound sign in the middle of it. We'll fix that. The pound sign silent? No, you, it's pronounced hashtag. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, that was just hash. So that's what never I never understood. Like it's just a hash. But you're tagging it. Yeah, but but I mean I that's mm-hmm. like to communicate to people the purpose of it, but mm-hmm. there's no like significance to a hashtag in the way Twitter deals with it, right? It just searches for a thing. Yeah, I mean they index it behind the scenes, but Oh yeah, like, yeah they probably would have done that after the fact, but yeah. The president has a like a coughing fit in the <laughs> middle of the the practicing and um CJ and Josh are particularly worried about it. Uh, they joke around a little. Damn. You know what I forgot to do today? I forgot to feel the president's glands. Everyone's very worried. He does. He was very sweaty and pale. Like, like sweaty and pale. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Miami. I mean, I I'm, I get very sweaty. So don't just let's not jump <laughs> to conclusions. Especially when I'm speaking publicly. Yeah. I want to. I would just want to note he's reading off the teleprompter. Yeah. This yes. is like before. Like reading off a teleprompter became some sort of a thing that you shouldn't do. You get, shouldn't do that. Obama gets a lot of flack for it. It became a thing that they made fun. He of can a, only talk on a teleprompter because he's not a smart guy. Because he's the teleprompter. Doesn't president. everyone use teleprompters? Yes. Yeah, for any like writ prepared not, um, remarks. Not Donald Trump. He did on his like foreign policy speech recently. He did, a, he did that. It was like a news item that he was finally gonna like use the teleprompter, and isn't he growing up? Oh wow! <laughs> a personal uh, pet peeve of mine is when people spell it the like trademarked way, which like, is like capital T, capital Tele P, Pomp, and, and then capital T again. The yeah. T E R at the end is capitalized, and it makes no sense. 
Style is style. Prompter. Telly prompt. Cap T, cap P, cap T. So that that That's trademark so must be generic by now. Because what would you even call that? That's the word. It's uh, the scrolly reedy. Scrolly wordy. Scrolly wordy reedy. Shooty. Yeah. Is that? All right. I'll accept it. <laughs> Doesn't really roll off the tongue. They start walking back towards the Oval Office and um, CJ gives a little bit of a like scolding to the president. Mr. President. I'm taking pills, CJ. Are you actually taking them or are you just carrying them around in your pocket? You know, carrying them around in my pocket was a pretty big step for me. You gotta take the pills. He does end up agreeing to it at the end and he shows the pills that his wife had given him and it's like a dime bag. He yeah. does have a dime bag. And it's full of pills. Of There's pills. like 30 pills in there. So, he also says something funny about could he be taking something called euthanasia? Right. <laughs> and it's echinacea. So we, we finally have an answer to what he keeps in his pockets. Oh, pills. Copious amounts of drugs. Pills. Yeah. Yeah, thematic. Uh, in addition to that, there's a little bit of like quibbling over parts of the speech that aren't quite finalized yet. And most of it is kind of uh, like centrism or not language stuff. So the president is going on about there's a phrase like welfare only for those who work for it. And Toby doesn't want to have like that dependent clause. And they... Josh and the president are really intent that it is there because some polling had said that it has to be there as if three words in one sentence in a 45 minute long speech are going to like make or break the polls somehow. It really doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, wait, wait. I mean, I think that this episode is a, a clear indictment from start to finish of Clintonism. Uh, yeah. New Democrat. Yeah. It's, triangulation i mean the, the the it's i think more overt than than most of the the ep, the references the show usually makes like the the phrase uh that the the era of big government is over isn't that literally a clinton quote the era of big government is over and he reformed welfare yeah the welfare reform stuff uh, is spot to, on to work he also conceded uh to severe cuts to the nea which we'll get to later right so really it's 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 pretty clear and it's amazing. They have a bit of a concern that they haven't technically been invited yet. And that's a little bit of a runner plot in the episode that doesn't pan out to anything. And at the, at the very end, the president uh, says he's going to take his pills and he brings up that he has a, a glass pitcher and it's, it's, they make enough of a deal about it that, you know, it's going to play some role uh, and it, it does very shortly. Yeah, he got it for being a good guy. Remember, I got a really nice glass picture for just, you know, being a good guy. As they're all like joking with Sam about having all the typos in the speech, uh, you hear like a crash come from the other room and all the Secret Service people swarm and they say, Liberty is down. I also took note of that. He uh, changed his name. Yeah, everybody got a new one, I guess, including the president. Yeah. When CJ got her flamingo one, yeah. the president went from Eagle to Liberty. I think that's a downgrade. Eagle's a better one. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then it's the titles. After that, they kind of end with the president on the on the floor. Um, when they come back, he's getting checked out uh, by a doctor. I guess this guy is Morris's replacement. And he's not nearly oh, as cool. Rest in peace, Morris. <laughs> this guy's kind of a he kind of a old square. 
Yeah, I don't like him at all or care about his family. Yeah, he had no character really. No yeah. character arc. No. He did he had like one little chuckle later. Listen, he just chose not to have children. <laughs> That's a reasonable choice to make. He's married to the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, it just happened. I was here. Later. He's like, I was oh, just yeah. here he, when he, it he was all this guy on duty. He wants the president to like go get like a cardiogram. Like there's he starts a hint that there's like something maybe more severe wrong with him than just the flu, which is what the president says it is. And he can't go because there's a situation room thing going on. Him and Leo go down there and there's a there's a great little moment at the beginning right before the president comes in where Fitz is like clarifying the language. I'm going to tell him steady but not egregious. Are we all okay with that? Yes, sir. Yeah. And I just love the implication that they have to be extraordinarily careful about how they categorize things because if they say something a little more to the president and it gets him like riled up or doesn't get him riled up enough, it could actually be really severe. <laughs> then the president says the thing about like he wants the score of the Celtics game and a guy has to like leave the meeting so he's like it's the same he's guy like, that yeah, passes the phone we can get yeah. you that information yeah, what's, what's that guy called again the aide de camp slash batman aide de camp and yeah, so that guy that guy doesn't get to sit in like the war meeting because he has to go he doesn't have a, this is pre-smartphone days before you could have the NBA app on your phone well, didn't he just go to the wall phone yeah <laughs> So he's, he's like in, he can like listen with yeah. one ear, you know? <laughs> the assessment that they're giving him is that India is like building back up at the end of the two week ceasefire that they had at the end of the last episode. And it's a few days away from ending, but they're already starting to like rebuild up as if they're going to start the hostilities again afterwards. So this does settle the concern of whether this is a drop plot line or not. Mm-hmm. We were a little bit worried about that last week. And I thought they did it in a really clever way it's like the b plot yeah, yeah. of the next episode instead of just being a big I two-parter that. yeah i like that too then the president just says he's going to go to bed and rest and if anything happens they call him and he finds out that the celtics lost celtics lost in overtime <laughs> good night and then after that they have a scene with mandy and danny and they're kind of flirty yeah they're really flirty they're like close like they're in an office by themselves and their faces are six inches apart yeah it's really really strange so i made clearly, me uncomfortable clearly the actor that plays mandy was like please just give me something likable to do and they're like <laughs> we got it you're gonna like pave the way for danny and cj and she's like done this is um, this is gonna just boost me way up in likability and nope it's just bad yeah she gets Not, a, she gets the hate on goatees a little bit though and that's that kind of likable i really <laughs> did like that and she encourages the full beard um still awkward though yeah and I, you know it's not danny because he has great chemistry with everyone else on the show true i always wonder if the re- like if it's mandy the character i don't like or if it's the actress i have never seen her in anything else ever me either <laughs> so i i maybe it's i think like a little bit of both but like it was so uncomfortable to watch her flirt with him. CJ asks why Danny is in the office and he says that he's just visiting his fish. Is that like code name? <laughs> <laughs> her, like her female parts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to like, you know, get into someone's pants, I don't think that's a very nice thing to say to them. <laughs> so I, I would hope that's not his code name. 
probably like well, C- subconsciously. Though. CJ um, does say to Mandy, like he got me a fish. She he tries to explain. Well, she's like covering though, because Mandy would know about the fish already. Everybody knows about the Leo knew about the fish. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I I interpreted her talking about the fish as like, uh, why are you talking to the guy who got me a fish? Oh right. Oh, it's like and then she does get catty. With, yeah. Oh, afterwards. immediately she's like. CJ, it wouldn't kill you to be a little friendlier to him. Doesn't seem to kill you. CJ. Oh, um, You didn't have I'm any problems sorry, being friendly with him. Ma'am, but he got me a fucking fish? <laughs> and you're talking to him with that top on? I put a... With that top on? <laughs> like, she's not shirtless or she's shirted? Yeah, she had a shirt on. <laughs> what is the top, though? Is it like a sexy top? I don't know, wasn't it? I thought it was a safe bet. <laughs> Just to say that it was a sexy top? Yeah. I don't think... She's dressed particularly sexy. She's like wearing her work clothes. She knows Danny's into pantsuits, though. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that's that. her angle. Pantsuits. <laughs> um, there is a funny little like set dressing thing that the fish has. Instead of like a castle, it has like a press secretary podium in it that it's oh, swimming I around. Saw on. That. It's, it's really cute. Yeah, it's adorable. Um, uh, that's the end of the scene. Oh wait, no, no, sorry. And then Mandy says, "The story's gonna break tomorrow." Leo? Yeah. How do you know? It's on the internet. The whole thing? Yeah. CJ, I got some news for you. The Leo story's breaking. It's going to come out tomorrow, and it's on the internet right yeah, now. Yeah. Yes, this is my <laughs> like my favorite thing in this episode, is that, okay, we're preparing because it's already on the internet. It's on the internet. We got maybe People 36 are hours tomorrow. before. Yeah. <laughs> Since it's on the internet right now. Like, they're anticipating maybe a whole 24-hour turnaround before the rest of the world knows about it, even yeah. though it's on the World Wide Web. But remember, it took a long time for you to log into AOL. Yeah. <laughs> you had to wait for all the... Yeah. The noise. And sometimes, like, you couldn't even log on because there are too many other people. Someone had, someone had fished your oh, password and changed right. it. Like, your mom and grandma are talking to each other on the phone. Oh, yeah. And you can't use the phone and then like... Infects their phone call with that horrible sound. Guys, get off the phone. I'm trying to get tomorrow's news. Yeah. (laughs) Today. Today. I forgot that you um, sometimes couldn't sign on because there were too many people on AOL. That's why you got two phone lines if you were fancy. Yeah, eventually we got two phone lines because it was not sustainable. Oh, hoity toity. Yeah, it was very fancy. If you you couldn't log on to AOL, you would just log on to Net Zero. I had Mindspring. I never had AOL. Really? Yep. Wow. I had AOL 1.0 and did they have version numbers? They after one they started <laughs> to. It was like AOL number 1 and I remember I was like a child and I didn't know what the internet was and my dad like tried to show me. So he showed me the AOL welcome screen and he was like so what do you want to do? Like you can do anything and I was like chat room. That sounds like fun chat room. Slash roll dice. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Roll no. dice. Yeah. Am I the only is that, one? Is that random one? chat room or something? It was like, is that, is that like it was the designed chat so room? It was like a, a command that AOL put into their chat code so that it would just create a random number so you could like basically do D20s with people and, uh, uh, and nice. role play. Oh, well, this is I, like I made up a screen name. It was like ERD 999. And then I talked to other people and I didn't understand what I was What's doing. What's the thing with numbers? I it was like my birthday day and I think ERD was taken. Hmm. But I think you just kind of assumed that you could not have all all words because it would be taken. No, because people 
I've worked at a couple social networks and people will sign up to a new social network where they can get their first name yeah. and they'll get like Brittany 0555333. I think, it's like, just get Brittany. Yeah. Nobody has it. I, now I <laughs> sign up with just, I try to get my name yeah, or some variation. Like a normal person. With, yeah. But I, I think that people assume. It's like part of your understand. personal brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just don't get it that you can like have your name or maybe they think there's some sort of like mystery of your identity if you don't have your full name but have numbers instead but it's always like your birthday or something yeah or your pen number well, i think people just get confused between passwords and usernames well i remember there was a um a username in this chat room i went on that was like lollipop girl something and i and everyone had like crazy usernames like that and i literally thought that's i was crazy when it was like first time on the internet no i know that's insane and i thought i was talking to aliens i like legitimately didn't understand what i was doing <laughs> like and i didn't know what, i didn't know what the internet was and i thought and all of these like weird names and these people i'm like talking to and i'm not in the same room as them and we're not on the phone and they're just typing things to me. And I thought we've just like communicated with aliens. <laughs> we did it. I did. <laughs> On I did. the first one. Yeah, I didn't understand. And then I went to school the next day and tried to explain this to everyone. Guys, I, this might be a good time to mention that Elise is significantly younger than the rest of us. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think seven years old. She was definitely 17. When the old. internet came out? <laughs> when I first went on the internet. Yeah, when it came out. So I like grew up with it. And I, I had an, a, a time of my life without the internet, but I was really young when it came out, so I didn't understand it. It was very confusing to well, me. Well, I did. Yeah. I mean, it took like a year, and then I, I finally realized what well, it I mean, was. If I were an alien, I would definitely go, be-do-be-do, like all the time. Yeah. I didn't get it. Like, I didn't know what the purpose was, and I wasn't interested in the news part of it, like... Because yeah. that was really the only other option on the AOL homepage was like news, chat there are room, other things email, games. Did you guys ever have Fate? What's that? No. It was like a little program that people designed that you could just like troll everyone like crazy on AOL. So you could like mail bomb people, instant message bomb people. Oh, I do remember it this. Would, I never it would had like it, but mass fish it. everyone in a chat room. This it was sounds awesome. really trolly. It was fantastic. <laughs> okay back to the episode <laughs> hmm. um they go to margaret and leo's office um they have a little bit more about worried about being invited i thought it was a constitutional requirement it is then why do we have to be invited it's a technicality i don't it get dates it. back to parliament what do you want from me he tells margaret that josh needs to pick a guy pick a guy yeah He'll know what that means? Yeah. And he's really cryptic about it. And it ends up being not something very... It's not secretive. I thought it was something like clandestine or something, but it's really not. It's just picking the guy that's not going to be at the State of the Union because he's like he's the designated... The designated sur- survivor, right. The, but yeah, they the survivor. They didn't say that. Not at that scene, but no. later. But they, they the way they portray it is like, like I can't tell you what this is about, yeah, like but just sensitive. tell Josh, like, wink. It's the it's guy. The guy, yeah. Pick well, a guy. There's, I think, there's like an implication here that by asking Josh to pick, he's picking the person that the party thinks needs to be at the State of the Union the least. 
Oh yeah, he explicitly says that later. But anyway, well, there's more scenes of that later. Um, there's Margaret leaves, CJ comes in, they uh, they make the internet uh, reference again, and then they plan that they're going to have to do a press conference in the morning to get out in front of the story <laughs> before the before the internet breaks it. Um, after that, they cut up to the president in in bed. Um, he, the doctor is like taking his blood, and the president is like taking care of business while getting blood drawn. I was really impressed by that. He has like a needle in his arm and he's like arguing about a line in a speech. It was kind of cool. And they talk about the big government line again. It tested very well. I'm not saying we're doing it, Toby. I just want to try it and see how it reads. The era of big government is over. He knows somehow that the first lady's coming up the stairs. He has like some ESP for her. This isn't the worst of it, Charlie. The worst of it's coming up the stairs right now. And then she bursts through the door. And then she goes into doctor mode immediately and so she starts like bossing the other doctor around. We didn't know she was a doctor, I don't think. They don't mention it in the f- episode she's in before this. Right. She does introduce that other doctor, but I don't think she ever says that she's no. one, right? And yeah, I think they they call her Mrs. Bartlett all the time right. instead of Dr. Bartlett. Yeah. She's more of a Dr. Bartlett than the president. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I thought she was so badass. In um, and they already, they kind of set her up as slightly unethical right from the beginning because you're not <laughs> supposed to like take the responsibilities away to be the doctor for your spouse when another doctor's already taking care of it. But she like orders like the president to have some drugs and then she sends Charlie and that doctor out of the room and then injects him with something. Yeah. Uh, and they don't really like say anything about it. And I, I didn't even catch it on the first time. Like I like looked away for a second. But I know of like it's like very routine. You know, when people grow up with doctors in their family, they are constantly It just saves time and yeah, prescribing easy. and treating things. So my grandfather did surgery on my foot like twice in my life. So no, he's just, a surgeon. Just casually. Just like, <laughs> hey, want some surgery? <laughs> sure, Grandpa. You want one more or less though? Yeah. <laughs> Um, as the first lady's in doctor mode, the the president gets kind of turned on a little bit. You're very sexy when you're in doctor mode, you know that. And it starts a theme of this episode that like everybody's super horny in the White House. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, I could jump you right now. Yeah, everyone's like visiting each other's fish in this episode. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> um, and then the the thing where she injects him like. So they didn't make a big deal out of it. And then, so it seems like really routine, like she's done this before. And then she says, Was it like the time in Nantucket? Yeah. Or was it more like the time of my parents? So it gets you thinking like, what what's really going on here? Like, is it, you know, there's, there's something more going on. And then she like tucks him in, which is super cute. Let's go sleep, baby. I can jump you right now. Yeah, sure you can. So, I know, it's adorable. He's like think? mumbling and... Do you think the writers spent a lot of time figuring out the right word to use and then just settled on jump? That's like a hard, it's hard to figure out. Like, I just want to blank you right yeah, now. Pork you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what does right? say there? But it's like, I don't think jump it's is tasteful. the thing that comes to mind first. I, well, I think at maybe that time in, it was. That was. That was like a phrase people said okay. a lot. No one says that. The only well, time people I've... that are their age, though. Well, well people so that's like say, a I want to jump your bones. Like, I've yeah. heard jump your bones. I've never heard just jump. There was jump. bones jumping. But what I guess is, what I want to jump, jump you is like a violent crime. Yeah, it sounds gross. <laughs> yeah. What's, what does that mean? I'd like to jump on you. 
with my bones. Yeah. yeah. Was Austin Powers out yet? Could he could he say shag maybe? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. They go to there's a Josh and Donna scene after that. Josh is on the phone trying to get invited, the president invited to give the State of the Union. He gives some story about like what the pick a guy thing means. Someone from the line of succession is required to be absent from the State of the Union. Why? Donna. Wait, I know why. Yes. So if somebody blows up the building, yes. Be so- and says that he's going to pick the agriculture secretary and then he uh, has like a little line about be nice to margaret and leo today at the end because they're gonna have a rough day is this the next next morning right donna's always nice to them right but be like extra nice yeah like bring him some cake or something maybe i don't know yeah Yeah. and bring me some cake i just (laughs) like donna's not the type of person you have to tell that to like she'll do it automatically because she's a great person at anything, Le- uh, Donna needs to tell Josh that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, after that, they have Leo and the senior staff, and they're they're doing the kind of prepping for this press conference. They're like giving him sample questions, and he's giving sample answers, and they're telling him how to word it better. They are surprised to learn that he's still in AA. Um, I'm surprised he didn't tell at least Josh that, for instance, but I guess that's the anonymous part of that. A lot of secrets in this episode. Yeah, they they ask him stuff about, like, does the president know, does the FBI know, and then Leo gets kind of tired of answering questions and sends him out of the room. On the way out, uh, Sam mentions that he wrote a statement of support that the president is going to release under his name, and Leo, like, kind of goes crazy on him a little bit. I wrote a draft of the president's statement of support. Who told you to do that? The president's in no condition. I know what condition he's in. Do me a favor, Sam. Don't show initiative. Don't rush to my defense. I don't want to see you on crossfire. Um, he doesn't want the president like to, to be seen defending him like it's his problem to deal with. Yeah. And but in yeah, reality, there's a couple. The that's that's about like a thing that happens guy, for the rest of the episode. Right? Yeah. If he's not going to fire him, he needs to say like it's weird for him to just like be running like a press conference. You need to present a coordinated front no matter what if he's going to be fired or if he's not like. This is what we're going to do. The president's made his decision to have him stay on the job. I think, though, the way it seems Leo is kind of approaching this is as if this is a battle he's already lost and that maybe this is this is like going to end for him and he doesn't want to drag. Because if, well, if president... he's been saying for like three episodes that yes. he's like he's going to have to quit. Yeah. Leo, I think, has the worst case scenario mapped does, out. It's a coping sure. mechanism, right? Yeah. And if the president sort of supported him and then it got so bad that Leo had to resign, it would probably look really bad bad for the president right oh yeah if he had to change his mind yeah yeah, yeah. it would it's gonna so look really bad it. like tomorrow after the headlines yeah yeah i have yeah. a feeling the press is gonna nail him on this one <laughs> for that are you, are you teasing the headlines <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so th- after that they show the president and the first lady and he's still stuck in bed um he's like getting his temperature taken it's still high stuck in bed <laughs> Is that an oxymoron? Hmm? Oh, what? he's getting stuck. Oh, no. Like a euphemism for sex? or No, she, she's getting stuck in bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he's getting stuck too. You don't know what they're into. <laughs> <laughs> um, he talks about how he wants to go back to the office and she's like, uh, fine, go do it. And then he, he's too dizzy and he falls down. That's a really short scene. It just I think it's just there so that the president can like 
pretend that he's dizzy they actually do that a few times they did it in the first scene too Mm -hmm. where he gets up out of the chair and he like pretends to fall and he covers it like he was joking um i think he actually did fall the first time don't you wait at the beginning he tries to get up and then he's like he he stumbles and he's like it was just a joke i'm like 102 degree fever and i still got it quite the cut up 101.9 101.9 yeah no i couldn't tell if it was supposed to be a joke or not well that he falls later and he had just fallen probably makes me think that well he's full of like jokes like so many jokes almost everything that he says in this episode is a joke so i thought maybe he actually was joking uh maybe um then they have the leo press conference um so even even to a room of reporters he's like some of you may have seen may have heard about this but for those that haven't (laughs) on the internet so something i thought was so strange about the scene was that every time leo said something that would be like juicy information or he was like a reveal of some sort the camera clicking and flashing sounds went like crazy oh yeah and you I, gotta like take a photo of the word right like it's like what are you not taking video of this and also like his head is down reading when he says those things why right. not, well actually that's actually a genre of political photography is the like guy in scandal like solemnly looking down photo <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they're trying they're just trying to get the perfect shot i guess um he reads the, his, like a prepared statement first In June of 1993, I voluntarily admitted myself to the Sierra Tucson Rehabilitation Facility to treat an addiction to alcohol and Valium. It made me really accept the gravity of it. Like, I was like, oh, this doesn't seem like that big of a deal. You know, it was X years ago. But then he's like, I'm an alcoholic and drug addict. And I'm like, holy shit, that's actually a pretty big story. (laughs) I did drugs and I was in charge of the government. Right. Yeah. It conveys the seriousness in that scene. Although they didn't show the press conference. I kind of wish I had, they had that scene in this episode. I would have liked to have seen the questions personally. Yeah, true. Then they have Josh and Donna. She is talking about how the agriculture secretary isn't a big enough name. She she recommends some other people that should do it. Um, Including she herself. Right. Is she even <laughs> in the line of succession no. at any point? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess no. everybody technically is, right? Nope down far enough no oh i'm i'm like number one million seven i have a really low number <laughs> right like it's what, like in mars attack how many people like, are there i think it's the daughter becomes the president because like the <laughs> everybody first daughter because everyone's dead i'm probably above you guys you think no <laughs> it's like a draft number almost. there are so 17 people in the line of succession and where that's not that many which one of those are mine well if you're the secretary of veterans affairs is that the last one that's the second to last one what's the last one secretary of homeland security oh it's probably by the order that the cabinet positions were added created yeah so what is the like the secretary of war is first so it's vice president speaker of the house of representatives president pro temp of the senate secretary of state Secretary of the Treasury, Secretary of Defense, Attorney General, Secretary of the Interior, Agriculture, Commerce, Labor. So Leo was number 10 when he was the Secretary of Labor. Health and Human Services, Housing and Urban Development, Transportation, Energy, Education, Veterans Affairs, and Homeland Security. All right. All right. Now we know. Um, Josh is carrying around a book, and he was carrying around earlier, too. 
And so is this Josh just trying to look smart or something? Can you see what book it is? It's something, something politics and something like it's learning I, on the job. I could, yeah, <laughs> it's just funny. How to politics? He had it in the the press room scene earlier, and I just like I noticed the cover was the same, so it's like they wanted to like signal that Josh is a reader by his props. It's and, like politics for dummies. And I have another Josh prop uh, thing. And he's carrying a coffee cup in this scene. And I just saw a video that they just put up on Slate this week. It's this guy who runs this Instagram account called the Empty Cup Awards. And it's all about people acting with obviously empty coffee cups. (laughs) And Josh totally does it. Like he moves it a couple times in a way that you would never be able to. Like he holds it with like a pinky at one point. (laughs) (laughs) So frivolous. (laughs) After you watch this video though, you it like ruins watching any thing where somebody's carrying coffee because you're like oh right that's obviously an empty coffee cup uh i just wanted to point that out it's pretty great for realism just put a a little coffee in there or yeah some kind of weight any kind of weight would do just some water will do diet brown (laughs) we could cgi that in post though you know (laughs) donna leaves and sam comes up and they sam says that he had given the president the statement of support he had written about leo um and then josh is like we're gonna get in trouble man (laughs) and then uh sam's like i don't care because i'm a bad boy and he's like yeah i also don't care too (laughs) i'm also a bad boy (laughs) we're bad together yeah out of our love for leo and they high five and ride (laughs) off on motorcycles together (laughs) how'd they get that shot that was interesting (laughs) Uh, after that, it's Toby and the Roosevelt Room um, with a bunch of Democratic congressional members, and they have concerns about the speech. Uh, this is like the Clinton-y thing. They're, they, this is where they're going on about the NEA funding. They want to cut the NEA because it's hard for them to explain to their district how they're funding art that some people don't like. Toby does not respond to their criticisms well at all. He gets really, really defensive and angry. Yes, he's got very little time. And it's such a small them. thing, too. Like, the NEA budget's nothing. And this is the thing that they're, like, going on about. This comes up, like, other times mm-hmm. in this show, this particular budget. It's so bizarre that they... they oh, well, it's not bizarre. Well, did, I'm sure all the people who write this are like, give more money to the arts. <laughs> this was a big problem. Like, it, it, the, one of the biggest issues that came up was in uh, 89 with Piss Christ. Right. Piss Christ? Yeah, that's the big NEA, like, that's like the poster child for why the NEA is bad for, from a conservative point of view. Oh, you're actually saying piss Christ. Yeah, it's, so the, name of a, piss it's Christ. the name of like a piece uh, that uh, was an, art. an, an art. artist an that art. was, yeah. yeah, an art piece. He you did, must have he seen did it. It's like <laughs> little crucifix in a jar, Jesus on the crucifix, and the artist's urine is in the jar. He did it's a, a photograph yeah. of like this hazy he put a pee-pee in there. Christ in urine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and they don't uh, like that. Yeah. Um, and they, they cut the meeting there. Um, and it's uh, they come back to it later. Then there's uh, Leo and Mallory. And she's in the building. Um, Leo's watching himself on the TV, like reviewing his press conference. Um, she mentions that she saw the president's statement. And Leo like 
flips out and storms out of the room on her. Josh and Sam are in Sam's office and Leo comes in and he's super, super mad. Leo, you did it again. I understand you're being pissed off at us for going behind. Has the president seen it? He's like, you did the nice thing. I told you not to do the nice thing. Each one of them tries to take the blame for the other one. Has the president seen it? Yes. And who gave it to him? Leo. Who gave it to him? I did. I did. What, you're giving me Abbott and Costello? I did. Those were like two comedians in the back in back in the yeah. Old I do days. I do know who Abbott and Costello are. Yeah, okay, I got that one. Just keeping up, <laughs> making yeah. sure. Yeah, they say like yeah, too bad. Um, we're gonna we're gonna look out for our bros, and then we just love you so hard, Leo. Yeah. They're like angry and prideful. And then and then Leo is has that line where he's like, "This is not what I wanted. <laughs> this is not how I foresaw all these events happening." Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Leo needs to get over it. Yeah. These guys are obviously going to be this way. They've been like, this is like the fifth time they've he's had to like scold them yeah, for looking out for like him. Not that bad compared to what they did try to do before yeah, the, with Lori. So <laughs> totally. like he should be happy that they're actually, you know, putting their efforts to like a decent use. After that, it's the first lady and Mallory in Leo's office. And she's joking around with her about how she has a crush on Sam you've got an itch for Sam Seaborn. I do not have an itch. A little itch. And then she says... You want a nickel yeah. worth of free advice? Sure. Don't go for the geniuses. They never want to sleep. I love that quote. Which I, I just sex thought it was... all night. Yeah, a, more, more sex references. This is the sex-heaviest episode. Oh my gosh, I didn't think that was sexual. Because they're I smart. Neither do I. Because they're smart, so they do want to do sex a lot. Right, they're too busy. It's a good That's thing. That's not what I got do. from no. that. Well, watch Mallory's reaction when she says that, though. But I thought she, Mallory reacts all like giddy because she says that she's an itch for Sam or something. It's, no, she she has a look where she's like, "How dare you say that I'm gonna like sleep with this guy?" I thought the geniuses thing is that they just don't sleep because they're always doing stuff. Well, not, it is, but they're not in bed. Yeah. They don't want to come to bed in time. Oh, she's saying like they don't have time to do it? Yeah, basically. Like you're going to go to sleep and then he's just going to be up already. And so you're not going to have that like There's not gonna be sexy time doing it. Interesting. You just have to do it at different I times. Take, I got a completely different vibe from that. I, I did too until Mallory's reaction. If you, if you watch I it. I have to she, watch it yeah. now and look at Mallory more. I always thought it was so like wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> She, uh, she, Mallory leaves and the first lady asks Leo if it's possible to postpone the state of the union and cause she's worried about his health. Um, Leo inquires a little bit and gets it out of her and she gets really teary eyed. And then she talks about, he has multiple sclerosis, Leo. What? It's a big reveal. Um, I really, I mean, this is obviously a plot line in this show that goes on a lot. Um, I did thought they teased it out for a lot longer than that. It's like he has one health thing and they're like, oh, here it is. Yeah. I I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. But then um, when the first lady came back, I was like, yes, this is the episode. And that scene, even though I've seen it a million times, was really touching and sad to me. Yeah. Soccer Channing's good in that. Scene. She won an Emmy for this episode. Really? Yeah. For Best Supporting Actress. Oh, cool. Yeah, she, does she deserved some it. Really good support. 
she does yeah she she's like, very supportive in this yeah. she's very supportive <laughs> it's true yeah no i i was really surprised they revealed it this early on too but i'm kind of happy it's fine the cat's out of the bag were you surprised brayden i was really shocked yeah i was i was stunned so in the earlier <laughs> scenes i didn't expect that where, where she gives him like the injection and stuff did you think i did not see that you didn't Oh, okay. It's really subtle when she it does is, it. It is. It is. Yeah. I was just curious from your perspective. Do you I see mean, like she's anything? A doctor. She is a doctor. So she could be just giving him healths. Saline injections. Giving him some healthies. Yeah. You know, she's just injecting him with some Get, good, good exactly. feels. <laughs> injecting him with some healthies. Some happies. Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit of heroin or something. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of heroin never killed anyone. That's absolutely not true. No, I mean, a little bit. A little bit it's is fine. probably oh, Just fine. a touch. Everything yeah. in moderation. Yeah, just dabble just in it. Yeah, just a scotch <laughs> of heroin. <laughs> After that, uh, the president is still in bed, and Charlie is with him, and they're watching a soap opera together. <laughs> and so are you. I don't understand. Don't any of these characters have jobs? It right. It can never be. I don't know, Mr. President. I think one of them is a surgeon. She seem to have a lot of free time in the middle of the day. Hello. And that woman's changed her clothes quite a lot for one afternoon. I love it's great because because <laughs> it's a, a soap opera. There's all there's, there's like, always a always doctor surgeon because yeah. that's a sexy thing. Well, for you there need to be. you need like a doctor angle on soap opera so yeah. someone can be in a coma. Mm. So the and then their evil the right twin position. can come mm-hmm. and trick the person that's in love with the coma person that they're the real person. <laughs> Is it one of those? I called, should write soap operas. Isn't there one called Generic Hospital? <laughs> close, very close. Okay. General. Le- Leo comes in the room, uh, and Charlie gets sent out, and the president, like before Leo even says anything, is like, "Abby told me that you guys talked," and then he gives him this like obviously kind of like pre-canned speech. He was diagnosed about seven years ago. My life expectancy is normal. My particular course of MS is called relapsing remitting. Abby gives me injections of something called beta serin, and that reduces the frequency. Fever and stress tend to be two things that will induce an attack. Leo is really mad that he never told him about it. I mean, it's the first time he drops the like president thing ever on the show. He calls him Jed. And then, but then they get really touchy-feely together. They get, they get super touch-feels. Mm-hmm. You thought he gave him a canned speech? I, the, the speech about like, I was prescribed with this and then I'm going to have this. And like the, just the diagnosis stuff was obviously something he'd said before. It's like a paragraph that he just flew right through. I think he tried to be sort of emotionless about it. And then that failed. And then yeah, he he's like, like, I'm so sorry. Up. I never yeah. told you, buddy. I know it was so sad and they were so cute. They're and like such super best friends. And then yeah. Leo's like, it's cool dog. Yeah. Like they made later, up. I'm going to do like fun. a little like, fast forward but later the president's like telling that other guy how to president and he's like you know you got to make sure your boy is your best boy (laughs) yeah and like leo's in the other room and he hears it yes so i thought the um the ms (laughs) stuff continued a little bit of a plot structure that the west wing does where they finish one version of a storyline and then immediately introduce another version of the same exact storyline. So there's kind of like a medical issue of like Leo was in rehab and it's a secret and it may come out. And then 
the second it comes out, here's a new medical secret that we have to keep under wraps, and that's going to be the plot line going forward. And so stuff they've done with the like romantic stuff before. Well, they have to like replace the one that they've resolved, right? They just have to keep. They introduce like the Donna Josh kind of coupling stuff, like right as like the mm-hmm. CJ and spoilers. Mm-hmm. Read it. No, I'm just saying, like, there was an episode oh. like last week where he got her the book and he was like staring yeah, the, at her the, and the stuff. The meaningful hug and sniff. That was uh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> How can we forget the meaningful sniff? That was weird. They got back to Toby after that. He's in the same meeting. Um, the guy gets uh, like a couple of references wrong. I don't know what to tell people when they say Rogers and Hart didn't need the NEA to write Oklahoma and Arthur Murray didn't need the NEA to write Death of a Salesman. Some Arthur. He don't um, know his Arthurs. To- Toby Be gets Arthur. really, uh, condescending with him because he doesn't know about playwrights from the 50s or whatever like who does seriously who cares yeah not, um, i don't know anything about that have you guys ever seen oklahoma um i'm pretty oh, sure that's a state not a thing that you see is that the play that's like all or like could be a mimed city? no <laughs> It's not mimed but like a panda like, panda i think you're thinking no, it's like a musical pandas <laughs> no it's like Maybe I just saw a version of this with no props. <laughs> there was the only prop was like a ladder and a spotlight. Hmm. It was I that fell does, asleep. I, I was play. so bored. I'm pretty sure you have to have some kind of like stagecoach set to do Oklahoma. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was this is a very boring play that I saw. It's maybe not Oklahoma. What's Oklahoma about? Uh, I don't know. Oh. But I, I everyone who's like who has gray hair thinks Oklahoma is like one of the best musicals. And well, I they think... made a movie out of it, which is probably uh, the more common version probably. that people know. Who is in the movie? I don't know. Ronald Reagan, Kelly. probably. <laughs> Gene Kelly. I made that up. Oh, yeah. Ginger Rogers. Fred Astaire. Probably Fred Astaire. Ginger yeah. Baker. And uh-huh. then as Toby is like uh, talking to this guy, he like stops mid sentence and he has like an epiphany as he mentions Franklin Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Yeah, I, I gotta go, Roosevelt. Um, and I, I, I have issues with that scene. I don't think it makes any sense. But well, when he gets to it, we'll 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 talk about it. They show after that the president and Lord John Marbury up in the the residence. He's got uh, some hybrid English and subcontinent remedies for the flu. Yes, yes. He's got some folk remedies all from include whiskey. the subcontinent. Yeah, it's all, it's like ginger and... Licorice root. Right, and then a shot of whiskey. Yeah. And he's like, and then you can get rid of all those other things and just have the whiskey and you'll be fine. Then he he's advising how to like de-es- re deescalate the india situation and he finally gets to drop some of his like colonial playbook on him mr president for several centuries my kingdom has ruled india with a stick and carrot when we had a particular problem with someone one solution we would try is to make him a maharaja that's a kind of regional king we would pay him off with an annual tribute and in return he would be loyal to the crown you should elevate somebody to rule over the rest of <laughs> the subcontinent people well here's how we always did it the carrot in this particular situation is to um do some like tech infrastructure stuff so that they can start a computer industry i i guess that is enough to stop a war over it's like we'll set up your computer industry for you if you stop this war then um Marbury leaves. He's like he's gonna he's gonna take care of it. He's he's got it all under control. He's gonna go talk to Ricky. Is it yeah. weird that I Ricky, did, 
I didn't. Oh, Ricky's their prime minister, right. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was very strange. And that just like David in the last episode. <laughs> but I thought that the solution wasn't that like, you don't have to like bring this guy in from England to like come up with that. Yeah. Money. Yeah. B- buy easy. them off. No, but he also, I think that the implication is like, he's like, if you do this right. So what he means by that is, you know, you have to approach everyone the right way, bribe them in a culturally acceptable manner. Do it through the right intermediaries. Yeah, he's got the relationships. Yeah, it's it's not just like you hand a sack of money with like a dollar sign on it over. <laughs> but to the who's guy. The, like the Secretary of State here? Isn't that what they're supposed to be doing? We yeah. haven't met the Secretary of State. Yeah, no, but I mentioned Cashman, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like it. Just seem like Lord John Mabamari is sort of a weird. Like, why bring him in? other than to have a fun British character. I think that was the main thing. Yeah, I just didn't... Th- like, I think they could have come up with some sort of better solution that didn't rely so much on a British accent to be interesting. Well, I'm pretty sure if an American uses the term the subcontinent, it's actually considered a racial slur. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Everybody leaves, um, except for the president, and then Toby comes in, um, and then Josh comes in, too. And they have a quick thing about uh, daytime TV. He talks about how he was watching like the Maury show or whatever, something where people yell at each other. It sounds like he's actually watching Ricky Lake. Yeah, or Jerry Springer maybe. Springer. Well, he said this there was, was a. a he's, I thought he said there was a woman with like a panel of other women. Wait, is that the same Ricky? Is Lord John Marbury's Ricky? No, this is a d- different Ricky. Ricky. Yeah. Ricky. And this Ricky. is this is the second <laughs> reference where they kind of like denigrate people like dumber people that they're not involved in the process so they their voices don't count um he's like these people don't vote right thank god and then there's a thing earlier about how like people who don't watch the state of the union that we don't have to cater like we can shit on poor people because they're not watching anyways (laughs) yeah but as we're finding out this year those people do vote they will tune in when they and have somebody that talks to them. So this this is like coming back to so the themes that they were exploring in the earlier part of the season about how Josh's particular flavor of Democrat is very technocratic, where you you say, look, you know, I'm I'm a paternalistic government. The people are dumb and they don't know anything. They can't make decisions for themselves. So I'll just do what I know is best for them, even if they don't necessarily agree with me. And that's like. That's the that's the place they're coming from with the whole, you know, the era of big government is over and, uh, you know, cutting programs and stuff. Yeah, so that's kind of what this scene is comes to a head on is arguing over that philosophy, whether it should be in the speech or not. Toby, this is where Toby's like, he has an epiphany. He's like, I got to go talk to the president. I, I, I solved it. And then he just argues the same thing that he would have argued before. We have to say what we feel, that government, no matter what its failures in the past and in times to come, for that matter, government can be a place where people come together and where no one gets left behind. No one gets left behind. An instrument of good. And the president's like, Yes, totally. <laughs> and but Josh don't comes. Don't you see? It's because Roosevelt. 
we shouldn't roll back the new deal what roosevelt started as like the birth of the modern liberal government you know we shouldn't cut these programs we shouldn't try to shrink the government we shouldn't tout the fact that we're working to do those things as like central to our government the state is not something to be feared and shrunk it's not like starve the beast like we believe in these programs why are we talking about this like let's like yeah we're 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 making it harder for people to 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 get these programs i just don't understand why what changed between like wouldn't toby have argued that beforehand too so like Roosevelt. <laughs> exactly that's well, like no I, I think it's not like he figured out it's not like the josh thing in the national parks thing where he's like i figured out a loophole and now we can get all the things that we want it's just we're like, running no away really guys. from ourselves right well no i think it's the it was the wpa conversation that he has with the democratic no i mean people. i get that he like has like a slightly different point but it's not that anything changed like that polling is still the same the political calculations are still the same them going out there and arguing for big government is not going to play any different because toby like remembered something about roosevelt i think he just realized that when roosevelt did it it was like they they didn't call it a thousand different things and take all of the good works that the government was spending money to do and like break them up into all these different agencies and leave them vulnerable to being attacked piece by piece. The WPA was like a giant spending program, stimulus program that reached into. But they're not all proposing facets. that though. No, but I, I think what he realizes that is that while it may seem insignificant to have a discussion about whether we're going to cut this tiny portion of the budget for funding arts, all of this stuff is connected together, and it's really an attack on the philosophy of whether government should be this project that all citizens are a part of or whether certain citizens are allowed to just piece out of that project and just say, we don't even want this to go forward and we don't want to participate in it. So the implication it. is that it, there's going to be a major rewrite of the speech. Yeah. But without any policy changes. No, I think it seems like there are policy changes. That they're gonna they're gonna advocate for additional funding, right? Okay. Well, I mean, if they're gonna change things, I did. The, the impression I got was just like, okay, let's just spin it a different way, and it's gonna be better. We're just gonna not include these like dependent clauses that we were arguing about well, earlier. What I mean is, there's, I guess they don't get into enough detail, but there's a long line of people that are going in there, and each group is like hey in the speech instead of saying you're going to increase the nea budget by 50 percent, just say you're not going to do that at all right and this thing this thing this thing and so everyone wants to kind of pile on and like cut essentially cut the budget in a lot of ways the the, the state of the union is sort of laying out well, these are our priorities our spending mm-hmm. priorities for the year or the next 10 years or whatever and all of the people that have affiliations with the legislature are like well we are gonna fight you on that if you try to actually push that through so cut it from the speech entirely to save face and he's like oh okay i guess we'll cut this fine i guess we'll cut that yeah we'll roll that back and then he's like you know what fuck this we're not gonna roll any of that stuff back we're gonna be aspirational and moreover we're gonna set a theme which is government is good spending is good why should we cut any of this stuff? Why are we touting this as part of our message that like we're cutting all these programs? Yeah. 
That's yeah, I guess that makes that's sense. completely contrary to the philosophy to our philosophy of government. This whole episode is like imagine if like Clinton like didn't didn't listen to Dick <laughs> didn't, didn't listen to Dick Morris whenever he so the story is that every time he would like go to the residence and say goodbye to his actual staff, he would call up Dick Morris, who was a Republican strategist, and Dick Morris would whisper in his ear in all his, the like, things. Harvey Firestein like, voice. This is what Republicans want to hear in order to think you're like secretly willing to compromise with them. And he would say and do all those things and compromise with them. And in doing so, sell out his own constituency. And that was the triangulation strategy. Yeah, okay. Uh, I guess that makes more sense. I I didn't uh, picture as big of a rewrite as I guess that meeting implied. But if they actually did change a lot, that's that's I guess something of a epiphany there. But they played the dramatic music when Toby started to speak. So it was a good speech. Yeah, (laughs) but but that implies. I don't disagree with what he's saying. I'm just I didn't seem like enough to like change anybody's mind about anything. I imagine part of the rewrite in this Clinton, you know, what if scenario would be not reforming welfare right I, I you know what i've never thought about this before having seen this show so many different times but part of what you get by giving the president a potentially fatal illness is there's a there's an incentive to kind of seize the day so like what if you may not make it to re-election because of your health yopo yeah, exactly. <laughs> you only POTUS once. And I guess they don't, I feel like they don't explore it in such an overt way, but it fits perfectly into the 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 central conflict of the administration, which is like, do we just push for what we think is right and not worry so much about the long-term political consequences? Or do we sacrifice doing anything we think is right just to kind of win every political victory we can? I actually really like how the president is like obviously a really cool, good Democrat guy. But as far as his own presidency goes, for the most part, he's sort of like, yeah, whatever you guys say, like he hired his guys, he's got his team and he could, you know, he could do the whole sell out the left, reform welfare, you know, leave people behind, whatever. Or if his if his team argues passionately in the other direction. Yeah. okay, that's cool, too. Like. He could be swayed to do the right thing because he's just one guy, you know, he's. Yeah. The only thing he ever seemed like truly passionate about so far was the first sort of military action that he had to make when uh, Morris died. And that Leo needs to fix it. Right. And that Leo needs to fix his marriage. He was more passionate about Leo fixing his own marriage than like any policy. You guys are forgetting the chili. oh he was really excited about that yeah yeah the next scene is a kind of a pre-state of the union party everybody's hanging around before the speech uh drinking coffee um and then it's like sam and cj and josh and they're kind of teasing cj i guess mandy was like cj got really bitchy with me (laughs) (laughs) they're teasing her about it um sam mentions like He's like, oh, I feel you. Like, I don't know where things stand with Mallory. And then she comes up with the speech or the like the support statement that he had written. And it's like, you wrote this. And then uh, gives him a big old kiss. With her tongue. Yeah. And then she pulls away and she's like, I'll do more of that. So she does <laughs> more tongue. 
Um, she yeah. looks like confused by her own actions, though, and and then <laughs> what Sam game is, over like, me? Equally confused, and then something else that's really strange about this scene is that the camera work—it's like constantly spinning yeah. around everybody. I got like a little like vertigo-y <laughs> when I was watching it. Oh. I also like the way Josh responds to this. Well, now I'm even more confused. Yes. Though I gotta say, I'm enjoying being a writer. Yes. Josh is like, get it. Yeah. yeah. My favorite response to this is CJ's response. Which CJ is, is horny. Yeah, which is to summon Danny Kincaid into her office. And that made me think, like, did she just get, like, turned on yes, by watching totally. Mallory and Sam Oh, she definitely out? got a fish itch. Ew. I don't want that to be a thing <laughs> that people say. Blame the writers. Blame Aaron Sorkin. Uh, um, yeah, yeah they she kind of... got that taco wet. <laughs> <laughs> Covered in the enchilada sauce. Yeah. Oh my god! You didn't have to. <laughs> oh, that's that's that too was, far. Yeah, I think, I think is, everybody appreciated think, the taco thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think fish is just by far the worst thing that's been yeah. said. Just they, they show it. the president and first lady after that. They're talking about fucking too. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> everybody, the whole whole. Yeah. I guess maybe because Lord John Marbury's around. I don't know. Maybe it's like the State of the Union. Yeah. that's a very horny time. I hear in Washington. He shall uh, from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We would be remiss to not point out the amazing line that the president has when uh, his wife is trying to take his temperature for the thousandth time. Yeah. Okay. Good. And he says that he would he would consent to recreational temperature taking butt oh. stuff yeah that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty bold for uh like a 1999 2000 television show and it's the president <laughs> and, and and then it's uh CJ and Danny uh, in in CJ's office so um, Danny's like fingers are in her fish bowl okay, <laughs> that's the worst you just said it they're in the no the how old are you scratch your fish itch? <laughs> With your elbows? Sometimes. Heavy symbolism. Heavy symbolism. not a euphemism. They're, He's his, rubbing his finger on yeah. the rim. Of the oh my God. His fingers are literally inside the fishbowl. But they are. And I was just like, who puts their fingers in a goldfish bowl? <laughs> like, dirty. you don't like just dunk your finger in like a fish tank. I just felt really bad for the fish. Um, CJ is super <laughs> awkward in this scene. Like she's like, I just want to uh, thing, um, and then she's like, I want a French. <laughs> That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I just thought we would make out. <laughs> right. Um, this is I, this is another one where I wish they had the like studio audience uh, whooping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they finally do. Um, yeah, every everybody's just really turned on. It's funny. She walks into the door. Oh right, she tries to leave, and then she's all flustered. She That's also how tries awkward to she take is. the she fish. Tries, with she her. takes the fish, and then she walks into the door. So <laughs> she doesn't do kissing a lot. No, and her theory is that if she kisses him, like now everything will be in the past, and she can forget about it and do her job. She lied about that. Yeah, it don't work like that, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> the president and the first lady and Leo and Lord John Marbury are in the outer office after that, and. He's like giving his like Eastern medical advice to the first lady, and she's like, "Yeah, okay, I'm yes, probably I'm, not gonna I, follow that." But I'm actually, thanks. a doctor. And um, the president hands Lord Marbury like what appears to be like an overworld map from the Legend of Zelda, <laughs> and he's like, "Ah, yes, I see that the horses have started to pull away or whatever." 
And then as a, so I guess this means that there's like a proper de-escalation of the India situation. So that plot line's nicely wrapped up. And then there's a, a nice moment where he remembers Leo's name. Good luck, John. Good luck to you too, Leo. Thank you. That's like how he's showing his support for this hard time Leo is going through is, I remember your name yeah. now. <laughs> Good luck with everything, Leo. They they go back into the mural room and the president gives like a little like thank you speech to the writers and has a really funny phrasing. And I say the yay, Toby Ziegler. And I say the yay, Sam Seaborn. Huzzah. <laughs> yeah. Hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Hip hop? <laughs> And then um, Charlie's like uh, the agriculture secretaries in the Oval Office. And the so the president goes in to talk to him for a minute. And he starts by apologizing to the guy. And I think that were I in the cabinet, I would much rather be picked for this. Because the speech is going to be boring. It's all like pomp and circumstances. You're like having and to talk. And cameras. And like camera, applauding yeah. at the right time. Exactly. They're standing. They're standing. So this guy... Yes. Gets Ugh. to sit by himself in the Oval Office for like two hours. Although, yeah, that's, that's awesome. really really cool. Smoke cigars and just yeah. like. Although I, I thought they they went somewhere else secret. Well, I mean, he was in the Oval Office at this time. I know he was, but don't they go like somewhere else? Isn't the idea like they would bomb the Oval no, Office? No, he said you could watch it from in my study. I know what. Right, he's... but I, you get to like hang around the White House. Like and no one's uh, there. Yeah, yeah you get it's to cool. look in all the drawers and stuff. Yeah, totally. <laughs> But I think I think this guy's getting a good deal. Yeah, I think, think the me. reason he's apologizing though is like, no one actually wants to go there to listen to the speech. They want to go there so that there's footage of them being like, "Oh yay!" and like clapping and like shaking the president's hand and stuff. And this guy. Oh yeah, get I guess footage. if you're like an attention seeker, then that would matter more. Yeah. But it's just somebody who wants to do something cool for a couple hours. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably been to a State of the Union before. Yeah, he seems like a more introverted than normal politician. He's the Secretary of Agriculture. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Not a very ambitious guy. He got the president a gift. It's like a, a copy of the Constitution transcribed to Latin. Is is this the first time anybody's ever done this before? It's amazing that this is like wouldn't doesn't everything get translated to everything this day and age? Yeah, I don't know, because he said it was an antique. So... No, he says it was like a project. He's like, I think it was like a college project. Well, he's like, I know you like re- like ancient relics or whatever, and I think this was like a, stu- a it's student. It's like fake old, this. I think. I couldn't tell, like, is it like a student like from... Of Plato's? Yeah, right. like, like <laughs> I don't know. The US Constitution. Yeah, like something, some really old student in the first college i mean are you would you be burying the lead there that there was time travel (laughs) (laughs) yes it can't be older than like 240 something years that's an old-ish book yeah and then the guy's like i highlighted a passage for you can you can you read it uh to me because i don't know latin and then the president is able to transcribe latin in real time or he just has the constitution memorized. <laughs> and then um, it's the titular line of the, sh- the episode where he's talk. It's like the requirement for the State of the Union. He shall from time to time give to the Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. When you say titular, I, I get an itch. I, I say that because that um, there's that UCB sketch where the guy keeps talking about how he's like, I had the titular line and out of Africa. <laughs> he's like, you weren't in that movie. <laughs> and then 
the president gives the guy his uh He's like, I, I have a minute. I'm going to get, tell you the basics, like what you need if you're going to be the president. First thing always is national security. Get your commanders together. Appoint joint chiefs, appoint a chairman, take us to DEFCON 4. And I, I looked this up. Uh, DEFCON 4 is only one DEFCON level above everything is totally fine. So imagine a situation where the entire cabinet, the president, the vice president, most of the Congress is all dead. And the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court. And so the military goes on. So they they have code names for these things. So he's advising caution. Wait, Don't freak we, out. Yeah. Are Def, we in DEFCON three right now? We're in DEFCON five right now. Five. Which is like everything's. It goes higher. One is like the most panic. Oh. So yeah, it goes. <laughs> DEFCON five is lowest state of readiness. It's called the the uh, exercise term for it is fade out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the snooze button. And it's like, yeah, like listen to that Radiohead song, Street Spirit, fade out, like burn one. <laughs> I thought of like the chill out. Everything's good. page transition that fades <laughs> into the Then DEFCON 4 is, this is the one that the president says, like, if I die, take us to DEFCON 4. It's called double take. So it's like, hmm, maybe, <laughs> maybe something's <laughs> up. Did you see some move, guys? <laughs> you just like um, lick your finger and put it in the air, like the wind and that's it. And, <laughs> and, and then above that, the <laughs> names start getting right. good. It's. DEFCON 3 is Roundhouse, <laughs> which I don't know. I guess that's like start, you got to start kicking things at DEFCON 3. Mm -hmm. And then it's Fast Pace. And then DEFCON 1, which means nuclear war is imminent, means oh. cocked pistol. That's like... Underselling wait, it. Wait, so it goes from fast pace to nuclear war? Fast pace, cocked pixel. Cocked pixel? Cocked pixel. <laughs> the only thing I could think of is that it directly corresponds to nuclear threat not military threat but everything Maybe. but the thing i read on wikipedia was like it just means like the general military readiness so it, it seems like he's underselling the amount of panic the military so should be going it's, into. it's just like a threat level but for like cool people it's before they had the color-coded things yeah <laughs> do you think the agriculture secretary knows what defcon 4 is He's like, I'm, he's going to go look it up right now. Yeah, he's got a couple hours to go. Yeah. It sounds like it's just some sort of pesticide or something. Yeah. Just spray some DEFCON on it. And then if like all of your military advisors are dead, then how do you know to go to DEFCON 3? I mean, there aren't that many military people. At this the is why you're not the designated I survivor. <laughs> I would really okay? screw because it up. Because you've got to take some initiative. Yeah. Are we sure it's not like a like a convention for people who are hard of hearing? DEFCON. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there is uh, a little nice moment where he's like, you got to pick your best buddy as your chief of staff. You got a best friend? Yes, sir. Is he smarter than you? <laughs> yes, sir. Would you trust him with your life? Yes, sir. That's your chief of staff. If you just love him so much yeah. and he's right in the other room and he could hear it and it would be so touching. Yeah, Leo. Gosh, Leo, you're my bud. Leo's spying <laughs> on him. And he, he gets... Leo Leo does um, I I am touched by what I'm hearing face really well. That's mm -hmm. one of his great... Uh, he has just good facial expressions. Oh, he gives great <laughs> face. Great face. Yeah, always. Uh, and that's that's the end of the episode. Um, the, the credit shot is... Um, Sam and Toby and Josh in the like president's like pre-speech speech, speech uh, room. They're kind of like yucking it up together. Um, and that's it. 
uh yeah it's a pretty pretty solid episode some some headlines you guys you guys got them i, I got, got a few some headlines so what is it what did you got leo ones you said i did all leo all the time okay you know because they found out he did the drugs i called him let's see what i called it um chief of skag okay i won just like that chief of stash <laughs> nice skag what's skag i don't know i think that's a drug thing i'll, I'll buy it <laughs> okay uh, can i buy some yeah um i had a similar one fail to the chief of staff i also called him the president's mainline man oh. <laughs> i called him loaded leo M- mcgarry's drug recover up how about this how about this i felt like once i wrote this i was like yep this is his name now like forever leo narco nobody like leo narco (laughs) da vinci yeah like leo narco da vinci but without the da vinci you don't need leo narco right like the ninja turtle like narcotics leo narco leads i didn't hear that as like leo narco i heard that as like leo Space narco. Well, that's not how. <laughs> like Mister would... Narco. No. No, that's good. That's good. All right, you don't like it. No, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. No, it's so it's Leonarco leads Donna Telemasta's machines. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. On the Leon. On the Leon. He's on the Leon. He's, oh, <laughs> drinking, yeah. drinking lean. lean. No, on the when like the lean, like when you yeah, are like like promethazine. I think when you're like two styrofoam cups, drugged up. When you're drugged up. When you like are on the, the heroines and you're the on the stuff. Le- you're on the. Well, nod. there's a drug called lean too. There is. Yeah, like syrup. Scissor. No, it's a different. It's syrup. Diff- or it's syrup? actually different. Well, I thought I'm think you're are you referring to like the lean they refer to this in the wire like the lean that yeah. you do don't don't be yeah. lean yeah. yes yeah yeah that's what I'm talking about yeah I have I, this is a really like dry mm-hmm. week for me with headlines mm. so I have um, major media outlets finally discover the internet <laughs> 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 and then also uh, Jed and Leo sitting in a tree oh. <laughs> Yeah, because they're happy. Because they're like best friends. <laughs> and I had, uh, I had a President Tribby oversees construction of new Capitol building. Nation yeah. mourns. Yeah, I had one. I had one like that. U- U.S. Capitol building destroyed. President Bartlett, VP Hoynes, Congress and Cabinet dead. President Tribby inaugurated. Military does double take. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's all my headlines. Well, I I have another stupid one. That's <laughs> like do it. Um. Uh, ratings for State of the Union continue decades-long decline because <laughs> nobody cares. They put such an importance in like whether the State of the Union is going to play, and I don't think anybody gives a shit. But yeah. I think we learned something inf- interesting this week, which is that it's actually in the Constitution. The State yeah. of the Union? Yeah. Yeah, it's required. Yeah. You got to do it. But just as a media event. But you got to do it. It's you a shall. Do- well, it, people used to just rate it. It didn't always used to be a speech. Hmm. It like it was just a letter for yeah, a long dear time. Dear Congress, things are good. I knew that Love it was in the, the Constitution, president. but I didn't know about the invite from the Speaker of the House. It's a Parliament thing. I didn't know like you had to invite. Well, was that resolved? Is, really? A lot of I don't know. Did they ever get? The, I don't recall them getting the invite. I don't I just, think they did either. 
I just remember Josh being on the phone. And he's like, no, it wouldn't have gotten lost in the mail. Right. And Sam said he was going to take care of it. Oh, yeah. They just yeah. crashed Congress, I guess. I guess they just <laughs> dealt with it. Maybe they picked that up next week. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys got final final thoughts on the episode? I thought this was the best wing. I'm going to give it a best wing. Definitely yeah, totally best wing. Best wing. I think uh, Abby, first lady, killed it. Mm-hmm. She was so good in this episode. And um, I was like really waiting for the MS reveal because I didn't want to spoil it for Brayden. I mean, this is also <laughs> so, an MS wing. The MS wing. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. no i thought it was a really good episode there's a lot going on and they resolved a lot of things and so it sort of feels like now that the leo thing finally came to a head after so much slow build-up in like what like three episodes before this it's sort of nice that it's just like out there so we can like move past it and kind of get into more interesting things yeah i think the the fallout from something like this is way more interesting than the fretting about what the fallout's going to be yeah like it actually lets them have some action to it versus just getting like worried about it yeah and also like best wing because everyone was super horny in the white house yeah (laughs) that is highly entertaining just like us yeah (laughs) i liked uh like uh sick president too he was so funny (laughs) anytime he gets the um artifice of the office is like stripped down around him where he's like he's not in a suit and he's not in the office and he can't like burst into rooms and be commanding but he's like laying in bed and the first lady has to tuck him in or he's like watching a a daytime soap opera with charlie (laughs) it's all all that stuff's good yeah i mean i wonder why he has so much free time just because he's in bed (laughs) yeah i don't know i guess maybe they're trying to not give him things to worry about well, they, she says out. like yeah leo's in the west wing like he's got this yeah but yeah he was so funny he killed it with the jokes too this episode such a cut up there there's some good toby monologuing yeah. also in this episode did josh have anything to do in this episode not really right he picked the guy he picked the guy yeah <laughs> and he he said i never disagree with uh toby when he's right yeah he's like a supporting character but he didn't really have a plot so much in this one but i I, yeah i don't think it uh took away from the episode that he was kind of light in it there's like you know dramatic music while people are saying things that are Mm -hmm. sort of important check there's there's funny things there's charming moments there's romances you really get a taste of everything in this episode (laughs) 